Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fun crazy, not creepy crazy, on The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Toys, movies, comics, and so much more. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And the more that you listen, the more that you know. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show, episode 923, as we get closer to 1,000. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi there. I am your host, Patrick Riley. Right next to me is... Kimmy. I got one name. Kimmy. Yeah, welcome to episode 923. Kimmy with one name. Hello, Kimmy. How are you? Great. And you know we're getting close to 1,000 likes, too. Well, yes. There you go. So thank y'all. And be sure you can help out with that by sharing the Riley and Kimmy Show's Facebook page with your friends. If you enjoy what you hear here, please tell them about us. And you can also lock into us on other social media. You can follow and like us on things like Twitter, Instagram, and others. All those links available right on our website, and that is... RileyandKimmy.com. Yes, it is. And Kimmy, are you all geared up for this Throwback Thursday? Woo, yeah. Well, we're going to go back in time on this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show... We're going to focus on something kind of um, special because what happened on this date in history. We're going to be asking you about that special date here on a show if you want to play Nerd Geek Pop Culture Trivia. All right. It's time for Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia. We'll be asking Kimmy some questions to get more of the questions right than wrong. She wins herself some pocket lint, and she's building a creature for that. That she will be debuting sometime by the end of this year at some event we will be at. And you can find out those events, by the way, right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com events page. Also through our social media sites like uh, Facebook and also Twitter and others. So be sure to friend, follow, and like, and link us and stay connected where we will be at. Now moving over to that almanac for a July 7th. Here we go, Kimmy. Are you ready for this very first question? Yes, I am. All right. It was in 1946. Howard Hughes nearly dies when his XF-11, as a reconnaissance aircraft prototype, crashes in a Beverly Hills neighborhood. My question for you, Kimmy, is tell me the movie that you watched that depicted that. The Aviator. That's correct. Starring whom? Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, that's right. That was about Howard Hughes's early days, and it did start to touch when he started showing some conditions, mental conditions, and social phobias and things like that. Mm-hmm. So on this date, Kimmy, give me the year. Now, I know you've heard about this. You know about this. It floats around in the world of sci-fi pop culture and controversial talk. Let's put it that way. Give me the year the Roswell incident happened, the supposed crash of an alien spaceship near Roswell, New Mexico. Give me the year that this might have happened and aliens visited Earth in New Mexico. Their ship crashed. 
1943. I'll let you take another guess. You're in the right decade. 1948? 1947 is when it supposedly happened. Some say it did. Others say it did not. Official report is it was a weather balloon. Others say uh, it was something more than that. What does Kimmy think? Does Kimmy think it was visitors from somewhere far away? Or maybe even the future that came back in time and accidentally crashed? I don't know. Could be. Oh, it's a could be in Kimmy's thing. Now, hopefully very soon I'll have a very good friend of mine and yours, Kimmy, on this show. We're going to do a tinfoil hat talk. And that will be with a very good friend by the name of Bill McRae. I know Bill has an opinion or two or three or four about the Roswell incident. He's going to be wearing his tinfoil hat, and we're going to be talking about that. All right. And you're going to be part of that one, right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. All right. Are you looking forward to that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things to point out, just to go, hmm, about, 1947 is when this happened. Now, keep in mind, a few years before, not quite 10, nine years before, there was a big scare on the radio because of a UFO invasion. Can you tell me what that was? War of the Worlds. That's right. Did that influence the belief in this incident happening nine years later? Now, it took a long time for it to actually affect it. Mm -hmm. But did that have some impact? Just something to think about. Mm -hmm. And we're going to focus on alien invasion. Aliens. And science fiction coming up more here on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Kimmy, it was on this date in history, this radio program, which would eventually become a TV show. Matter of fact, they ran together both at the same time, aired for the very first time on NBC. Here is your audio clue. Give me just the facts. Tell me the name of that TV, actually radio show that became a TV show. It's first time on on any type of broadcast, was on this date in history in 1949, first heard on NBC. Tell me the name of the show. That would be Dragnet. That's correct. And by the way, on episode 922, we play an example from that first year of Dragnet. You can catch that old-time radio broadcast at the conclusion of our episode of 922. It is safe for all ears. Yes, Jack Webb stars in it. He was the creator, by the way, of Dragnet. It was on this date in history, Kimmy, that Amazon.com was founded. Now, give me the year Amazon.com was founded. Now, it was originally under a different name, but it, it the company came to be what year? 1998. It was 1994. Now, here's a question for you. It was on this date in 1967. This group, and it should be easy for you to identify who they are. Hey, we're the monkeys. The people say we're monkeying around. We're too busy singing. All right, Kimmy, it was on this date, 1967. They opened a national tour with somebody at, they were the opening act. For whom would it be? Just to see if you can get this. It's kind of one of those weird mashups. It's sort of like, you know, way back when maybe Prince opened up for Rolling Stones. And something kind of maybe didn't quite make sense at the time. Tell me who the Monkees opened up for in 1967. Think about the year this individual in 67 is smoking hot. Elvis? I will give you one clue. Elvis, by the way, would be wayside. He wouldn't be coming back to his resurgence in 1968. This individual is known for his guitar, his psychedelic play. 
Jimi Hendrix? Yes, the the monkeys. It's one of those you wouldn't guess at all. You, I, mean, <laughs> no. yeah, I can see, see that look on your face. That's yeah. why I didn't guess it. Yeah, exactly. It was on this date, 1967. The monkeys opened a national tour with Jimi Hendrix as the opening act. It was also on this date, 1968, the following year, the Yardbirds disbanded. And it was on this date that this album, or something from this album, or actually the album itself, was released. It was in record stores for the very first time. Kimmy used to go to those things, and if you don't know what they are, I'm sorry. You, you, I don't know if you'd say you missed out or not. I don't really know. Record stores were one cool one thing was all the art that you could see on all the albums. Mm-hmm. And that that part was really kind of cool. It Kim, was. Kimmy, tell me, it was. I'll, tell me who. This recording group is. This song is from the album that came out. I'm not going to ask you the name of the album. That's just too too much. Even though you are an audiophile, you probably know it. But I'm going to ask you the year. Here is one of the singles from the album. Tell me the name of the group. Here is your audio clue. What did they say, Kimmy? Come sail away. Yes, and who is the group? Sticks. And just for extra, you couldn't do the album, could you? In the grand, nope, I don't own any Sticks albums. I, I don't. Think. That's why I didn't ask. It was the Grand Illusion. Can you give me the year that that came out? Ooh, 1975. No, very close though. 1977. It was on this date, 1980. The original lineup of Led Zeppelin gave their final show and on this date in history this song became the biggest selling single of all time in britain tell me the name of the song tell me the name of the group and give me i gave you the year didn't i or did i give you the year i don't know well just for the heck of it if i did i did you can give me the year for the fun of it then Mm -hmm. all right the big question is tell me the name of the group tell me the name of the song it became the biggest selling single of all time in Britain was released. Actually, they don't have this notated in most history things. It was released twice in the United States. Here is your audio clue. And you finish it there. What was the word coming out next? Relax. By whom? Um. Oh, come I on. I know it. No, you don't. Yes, come I on, do. you can tell me. Tell me who this is. I can't think of it. You cannot tell me who did Relax. Can you give me the year Relax was topping the United States charts? Or actually when it was released uh, as a big selling single in Britain, too. 1983? 83, I will accept because it was charting in that time period. 84 is actually when the United States and uh, it was dominating the British charts as well for a long period of time. So I will accept both as the correct answer. It played in clubs throughout the United States first, then hit the top 40 radio. I don't remember if it was a Miami Vice uh, influenced song or not, if it got exposure in Vice at all. Cannot remember that. But there are multiple versions of the song because it did have a band version as well and a band dance club version too, a band video as well too. So you can oh. you can find those, I do believe, on YouTube if you are looking. It was on this date in history. Michael Jackson did something that, well, it wouldn't happen. He and his financial partner, Don Barden, announced the intentions to build an entertainment neverland called Majestic Kingdom in Detroit. 
That did not happen. That was in 1998. Birthdays on this date in history. Tell me what this person is known for and tell me how old he is today. Kimmy, his name is Doc Severinsen. Is he still alive? He is still alive. He still performs. Uh, he's 88. He's 89, and what is he known for? Well, he was the uh, orchestra director on The Tonight Show. That's correct, with Johnny Carson. And was actually, before that, he was on the uh, the show as well, before that. And then he became the the uh, the, the leader of, of the band, ran a big band, and, uh, matter of fact, one of the most unknown big bands in American history. Still performs, Kimmy. He is 89 years old. Mm. Tell me who this is and how old they are. Here is your audio clue. We come on like a dream, beaches and Kimmy, tell me who that is. Who's having a birthday? Ringo Starr. How old is Ringo Starr? 73. 76 today. What was his original? What was the name he was born under? Richard Starsky? That's close enough. Richard. Starkey? You got it. You got Richard Starkey. He was born, became Ringo Starr. You know that song? I don't think you could record that today. I, I, think I that, know. That I was so- just thinking that. that mm, song, that's kind of creepy. That, actually, that song is actually creepy now. when you think about how old he was, too, when he recorded yeah. it, too. It wasn't like he was 16 years old or 17 recording that tune. Right. It's kind of creepy there. All right. <laughs> Even though I do like the medley, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the sound of it. I just, but it's got, got, creep, got creepy factor all over it. Okay, Kimmy, the next question we have for you is identify who this is or having a birthday today. <laughs> I will play one of the songs that they have done in a movie. Then I will give you some extra audio clues if you need it. Tell me who this birthday person is. Here is your... I don't think you're going to get this. This is not really fair, okay? But it's kind of funny just because... uh, Just visualize here. Here we go. Here is your audio clue. He's tall. Good looking. And he's large. (laughs) who that is that's really familiar okay the character who's singing there is olive oil from the movie popeye ah do you know who that is shelly duvall that's correct shelly duvall having a birthday today how old is shelly duvall Sixty-two. She is sixty-seven. Known for what movie? Really? I mean, the, I could have chosen something from that, but that was a giveaway. Yeah, The Shining. That's correct. And you realize she has not acted, performed since two thousand two. Mm. And right there, her singing Popeye. And if you like that, there's plenty of other tunes she sings oh boy. in the movie Popeye. And you might want to check that one out. I have a feeling Kimmy has never seen the movie Popeye. I've seen parts of it that's all you need to see all right Kimmy, here like the ending that's the best part like the credits <laughs> here we go this person was known for well some controversy tell me how old she is are you ready mm-hmm. her name is jessica hahn 
Mm-hmm. Do you remember her? Mm-hmm. You remember what she was known for? Um, one of Bill Clinton's. No, uh, wrong. No. No, Jim Baker. Jim Baker. Yes, yes. Tell evangelist Jim Baker she was part of that scandal and his downfall, and then she became a centerfold and appeared on many TV shows like Married with Children and also became a guest, a frequent guest for a period of time on Howard Stern's show throughout the 1980s up into the 2000s. Can you tell me how old she is today? Hmm, 65. She is 57 today. All right, Kimmy, we're going to move over to a person who passed away on this date in history question will be when did they pass away but first i want you to identify who this is i will give you an extra clue here before we play an audio clue for you this person is known as the dean of game show hosts here is your audio clue i've been doing shows game shows or quiz shows that they were called quiz shows when i first started doing now they're calling game shows first since i don't know when and i remember one of the earliest questions i ever had to ask a person when they won a considerable amount of money and i haven't used it i don't think in 24 years but it's time to ask you paul uh, and, and, of course, Margie, too. You won $31,400. I have to direct this to one of you, so I will direct it to you, Paul. How long would it take you, Paul, to make $31,400 in your normal occupation? Ah, uh, let's see. Entirely too long, but it did <laughs> probably three years. Three? Holy mackerel. You know, the reason I stopped asking that question in 1952, I stopped asking it. I asked a guy that I said, how long would it take you to make those days $5,000 was big money. I said, how long would it take you to make $5,000? I hadn't asked him what he did. He said about eight minutes. I'm a counterfeiter, and I decided never again. <laughs> I decided so was I, and never again would I ask that question. All right, Kimmy, tell me who the dean of game show hosts is. Alan Ludden. No. Um. This person did quite a few. Hosted 23 shows that actually went on the air over a given time, and I've heard that he had demoed over a hundred that never made air. And he was also a panelist on many shows. His name is Bill Cullen. Mm. Passed away at the age of 70. You know who he is. Mm-hmm. All right, tell me what year he passed away. Oh, boy. Uh, 2009. 1990, he passed away. Okay. And did a ton of shows. By the way, the audio bite we had there was from Wink Martindale's uh, tribute to him. And we have a link uh, to Wink Martindale's site right on our Nerd News section. You can find that because we have something that's posted that I'm not going to air because it's a visual thing, and I'm going to warn you, you might find it offensive. Wink Martindale did post it. It's his. Because Mel Brooks talks about when he met Bill Cullen, and he had been on his one of his game shows way back when. Because the thing a lot of people don't realize to this day is Bill Cullen had some physical limitations. He had polio as a child, and he had a major car crash when he was very young that left him with some physical problems. The key is the TV shows hid this even from the contestants, from the panelists uh, who were on there. Most people did not know. It wasn't because Bill didn't want that known. It was because the TV producers and owners and et cetera thought it was not something that should be seen. So they would build sets to accommodate him. He never stands or rarely stands. He doesn't come walking out or bouncing out like a lot of game show hosts do, like, example, uh, you know, Bob Barker or Drew Carey does, stuff like that. He doesn't do that. He's, in some sets, if you watch, like, on Buzzer TV when they show some of his game shows, he's already sitting, and when they, they show the announcer or the, the game show host, he comes spinning out on a podium. He They take care of that, and he doesn't greet the uh, the contestants in a way where he's, you know, reaching over or walking up to them. None of that's done. So they, they hid this very well. And Mel Brooks was a guest on a game show for like a week. And after the game show, 
he has an encounter with Bill Cullen when the cameras are no longer on that shocks and offends some people. It, the key only reason I'm sharing it is it is history. Mel Brooks does share it in a very Mel Brooksy kind of way, and Bill Cullen supposedly was not offended by what happened. So it's just there if you're kind of curious about that. Mel Brooks's words, letting him explain it via the Wink Martindale interview. It's really interesting. And see, I'm kind of partial to anything Wink Martindale does because one of the coolest cats I ever met. And uh, I got a chance to meet him a long time ago in Tennessee. Really, really cool dude. So that's available right on our website, which is RileyandKimmy.com. But considering we are celebrating today's the day that that supposed ship was, you know, found in or landed or crashed or whatever in Mexico, I thought we'd go back in time to the golden age of radio. Radio was And that's the Riley and Kimmy Show. Whenever we can go back in time to the golden age of radio, we do so. And we try to keep it alive. And considering it was 1947 that the Roswell incident happened, we thought we'd go back to the golden age of radio revolving around aliens. <laughs> and that's what we're doing. And one of the best shows for that, matter. there's just tons. We're not going to do, some would think, oh, he's going to do Orson Welles in War of the Worlds. No, we, we are not doing that. We've done that before. And we're, we're not, we're not, even though that is one of the best examples of the golden age of radio you can ever encounter, the definite definition of the theater of the mind. Now, a very good show for the golden age of radio is an example. One of the reasons is it was recorded in a very, it probably the matter of fact, the best way possible. And it was towards the latter era of the golden age of radio. So the, the recording technologies became better and it has survived throughout time. And the stories are fantastic in the world of science fiction. We're going to have an example of X-1, which aired on NBC from April 1955 through January 1958 for a total of 124 episodes. It's actually a spinoff of a show called Dimension X, which aired from 1950 to 1951 in NBC or on NBC and became very influential. Some will say it influenced shows like The Twilight Zone, Outer Limits, and others. And what these shows did is they tapped into popular stories from popular science fiction magazines at the time, like Astounding and Galaxy. Now, these stories came from the minds of Ray Bradbury, Isaac Asimov, just to name a few, so you know they are fantastic. Right now, we're going back in time with one that's influenced by Frederick Brown's work. It is called The Knock. Here's X-1 from March 22nd, 1955 on The Riley and Kimmy Show. Countdown for blastoff. X minus five, minus four, minus three, minus two, X minus one, fire! From the far horizons of the unknown come transcribed tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future, adventures in which you'll live in a million could-be years on a thousand would-be worlds. The National Broadcasting Company presents X, 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 X minus, minus, minus one. one. Tonight, the science fiction classic Knock by Frederick Brown.
Tonight we have a strange story to tell. A sweet, blood-curdling little story that is really only two sentences long. The last man on earth sat alone in a room. There was a knock at the door. What's that? Good morning, man. What? Who are you? You have regained consciousness. Who are you? I am Zan. I'm still asleep, I must be. You are not asleep. Maybe if I close my eyes, it'll go away. I will not go away, man. Oh. I guess I'm awake. Who... What are you? I am a Zan. What's that? A Zan is intelligent life. Look, I don't... What happened? Where are you from? From planet seven in the third galaxy in the fourth quadrant. Where? It is not necessary to repeat information which is correct in the original statement. Planet seven, but... You mean I'm not on Earth? You are still on your planet. Then what are you doing here? The Zans have annexed your world. You mean you've conquered Earth? Yes, that is correct. We will now prepare your planet for habitation by the Zan. How about the people? What about the population of the world? You are the population of the world. Hmm? Now, wait a minute. I, I can't... I don't understand what's happened. The Zan have landed on your planet. We have removed the lower life forms to prepare for colonization by the Zan. When did all this happen? Two days ago. You have been unconscious until now. You really mean I'm the last man on Earth? That is correct. Identify yourself now. What? Kindly provide data as to your position in the elementary social order of your planet. Oh. I'm uh, Walter Phelan, Associate Professor of Anthropology at Nathan University. How do you speak English? We have deciphered your written and recorded records. It is not difficult to reconstruct your language. It is a primary type of auditory communication. Oh. Is there anything you want to complete your natural habitat? You mean I'm a prisoner? That is correct. What would you want further in your room? Do I have to stay here? Yes. The rest of my life? Forever. Then you better bring me my books. Uh, that will be done. That's rather considerate of you. You know, I've got to call you something. Do you mind if I call you George? It is immaterial. I will be back, Associate Professor of Anthropology. Oh, that's all right, George. Just uh, call me Walter. Very well, Walter. I will be back with your books. All right, George. I'll be seeing you around. You will not be around, Walter. You will be here. George. Hello, Walter. Uh, wait a minute, you're not George. You're different somehow. It makes no difference. The Zan are many, and they are one. Then I'll call you George, too. I'll call you all George. Uh, what can I do for you? Point one. You will please henceforth sit with your chair facing the other way. Uh-huh, I thought so, George. That plain wall is different from the other side, isn't it? That is correct. It is transparent. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm in a zoo, right? That is correct. How many other animals do you have in the zoo, George? 216. <laughs> Not complete, George. Even a Bush League zoo could beat that. Did you just uh, pick at random? Yes. All species would have been too many. Male and female, each of 108 kinds. Male and female, huh? Of uh, all the animals? There is a female of your species among the collection. Mm, anyone I know? Uh, well, never mind. It doesn't matter anyway. 
Well, uh, what do you feed us all, eh? For carnivorous species, we make synthetics. The flora was not hurt by the vibrations which destroyed animal life. Oh, nice for the flora. Well, George, you started out with point one. I deduce there is a point two kicking around somewhere. What is it? Something we do not understand. Oh? Two of the other animals sleep and do not wake. They are cold. Don't worry, George. It happens in the best regulated zoos. What is wrong with them, Walter? Nothing much. They're just dead. Dead? Mm Mm-hmm. That means stopped. But nothing stopped them. Each was alone. Well, maybe they just died of old age. Old age. I do not understand. You don't? How old are you, George? Your planet went around the sun about 7,000 times since I was born. 7,000 years? Yes, I am still young. Yeah, babe in arms. Look, George, you've got something to learn about this planet you've hijacked. Here on Earth, we've got somebody you don't know where you come from. An old man with a beard and an hourglass and a scythe. Your vibrations didn't kill him. What is he? Oh, old man death. Down here, our people and animals live until somebody, the Grim Reaper, stops them. He will stop more? He gets us all, George. With your lifespan, it won't seem like a minute and we'll all be gone. <laughs> Looks like you made a mistake, George. And I don't think there's much you can do about it. That is not correct. The Zan is a logical being. We will take action. Well, George, uh, where are you taking me? We will be there shortly. We will bring your books and your chair. You mean my lease is up? I, I do not understand. It's moving day? That is correct. We are here now. You will live here now, Walter. It is a larger room. Well, be it ever so humble, there's no place like home. Go inside. Oh, be careful with those books, George. Don't lose my... Oh, uh, excuse me. Who, who are you? What are you doing here? I guess George didn't explain. Uh, George uh, tries to be polite, but he hasn't quite caught on yet. I'm Walter Phelan. My name is Grace Evans, Mr. Phelan. What's all this about? Why did they bring me here? I think I know why, but uh, let's go back a bit. Do you know just what has happened otherwise? No, not exactly. Well, I've been talking to George. George? Well, that's what I call them, all of them. There's no way to tell them apart anyway. There aren't many of them here yet. They come from outside the solar system, sort of an advanced scouting party. I saw their spaceship. It's as big as a mountain. Yeah, they're moving in on us. They cleaned off the Earth with some kind of vibration. It destroys all sorts of animal life. I don't know whether they did it all at once or if they had to circle the Earth a few times, but they killed everybody. No. I was afraid The cheerful note is that you and I and uh, 200-odd other animals were picked up beforehand as specimens for the zoo. You do know this is a zoo, don't you? I suspected it. But I don't remember anything about being captured. I just woke up here. Well, my hunch is they used the vibrations just low enough to knock us all out. And then they cruised around picking up samples at random. When they were all set, they turned the juice on full blast. How terrible. Yeah, well, they solved a lot of problems for us. Housing shortage, wars, even the atomic bomb. I don't suppose the human race, you and I, have to worry about anything now. It's awful. Only they made a mistake. They underestimated us. I don't understand. (laughs) They thought we were immortal. That we were what? Immortal, like they are. Oh, they can be killed, but the Zans don't know what natural death is. They didn't know anyway until they lost two of us yesterday. 
You mean there are more than two of us? Oh, not more of our species, no. These were merely fellow animals, a rabbit and a canary. And by the Zan's way of figuring time, the rest of us are only good for a few minutes apiece. It's a joke on them. They figured they had permanent specimens here in the zoo. Well, didn't they even know we'd all die eventually? I don't think so. Uh, George, that is the, the second Zan I saw, told me he was 7,000 years old, and he's young by their standards. When they learned how quickly we die, they, they were practically shocked to the core, if they have cores. How can you talk that way about it? Academic detachment. I learned it at faculty tees. At any rate, they've decided to reorganize their zoo. Two by two. What, are they going to keep us locked up together in this one little room? Yeah, I'm afraid so. There's plenty of furniture, though, and George promised to bring me my chair. We've got to do something. Why? Well, I don't know. It just just seems to me we owe it to the human race to do something. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, perhaps you have a suggestion? There must be some way. They can be killed, you said. Oh, yes, sir. I've been studying them. They look horribly different, but I think they have about the same metabolic and digestive system as we. I think that anything that would kill one of us would kill one of them. But you said 7,000 years. Yeah, I, I, I think I figured it out. Now, George cut his, uh, I suppose you'd call it his hand, when he brought in my books. Started to bleed, red blood. But I could see the cut closing as he stood there. By the time he left, it was healed. I don't understand. Well, you see... Whatever factor there is in man that makes him grow old is missing in the Zan. Their regenerative powers must be unlimited. They just don't wear out. They go on and on until they're stopped. Suppose we killed one. There must be some way. Oh. What would be the use? They wouldn't even punish us. They'd just give us our food through a trap door and put up a sign saying, Beware of the man. Dangerous. I don't think they'll even have to bother in your case. <laughs> I don't see anything funny. I'm sorry. It just reminds me of Martha. Martha? My wife. She died two years ago. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, not at all. It was a pleasure. Uh, that'll be George with my books. Come in. Hello, George. Hello, Walter. Point one. I have brought your books. Mm-hmm. Point one, eh? Uh, what else is on your mind? Another creature sleeps and will not wake. Oh? A small feathered one called a duck. Well, it happens, George. I warned you. Old man death, the grim reaper. I told you about him. Walter, the Council of Zan has met. It has been decided logically that a... No life form can withstand the full strength vibrations with which we cleared your planet. Therefore, the Grim Reaper you spoke of does not exist. Mm, pretty neat, George. What's B? B, the only intelligent life to escape the vibrations, is you. Therefore, the logical conclusion is you are stopping these animals by some means unknown to us. George, you are off your trolley. You will tell me now how this is done. You've got me. Yes, we have. It is necessary to save the remaining specimens as long as possible. If we do not get the information, we may be forced to dispense with your species entirely. This means you, Walter, and the female. Now, now hold on, George. Don't go off half-cocked. Uh, let me take a look at these animals that won't wake up. I will take you there now. Go first, Walter. After you, my dear George. <laughs> Now, you should have got him in the winter, George. The fur's worth more then. It's ermine. This is the reptile cage. Mm hmm. Here are the ducks. That is the male. The female has been stopped. Yeah, lucky girl. What's the matter, fellow? Lonely? Hmm? Walter, you will tell me how you stopped the female duck. Well, you got me, George. I didn't do it. Maybe she died of the Dutch elm blight. Walter, you are not being logical. We have concluded you are stopping these animals. 
Tell us now how it is done. I've told you, George, I haven't the foggiest notion. Very well, we will have to take further action. Oh, what are you going to do, George? We will go back now to your room. What happened, Mr. Phelan? Uh, you might call me Walter. After all, George does. And we have more in common. Please, what happened? Oh, just a duck, a dead duck. George thinks I killed her by remote control. He wants me to tell him how. Did you? Look, I'm just an ordinary anthropologist. There's no telling what those animals died of. Just natural causes. But George can't see it that way. He thinks I'm holding out on him. Good. Hmm? What? At least we can get back at them some way. At least we can do something to them. Why? After all, George isn't a bad fellow. If you like an ant mentality. How can you say that? They murdered the whole in the human race. I suppose so, but uh, we can't change that now, so why think about it? We just can't sit here and do nothing. I fail to see how we can do anything else. But at least we could be fighting. I can't see the virtue in that. I was more or less content with my books, and we've got George to talk to. Of all the men in the world they had to pick, don't you want to fight back? Don't you want to keep on fighting to the end? It hadn't occurred to me. But we've got to, Walter. Why? I can't really explain it, but... Walter, if there was any good in man, it was that he kept on struggling against nature and, in the end, even against himself. But he kept on fighting for what he thought was right, and we're all that's left. Walter, we, we just can't end by giving up. We've got to keep on fighting. You know, you do remind me of Martha. There isn't much left for us. We could beat them in this one small thing. We can pretend there's a secret about death. We could refuse to tell them anything. Well, there isn't anything to tell. But they don't know that. Promise me you won't give in. Well, I suppose the worst they can do is kill us. All right, Miss Evans. Hello, George. Hello, Walter. Now you will tell us how these animals are stopped. George, this may come as a shock to you, but I've decided not to tell you. Why? Oh, a romantic attachment to lost causes. My grandfather was a Confederate officer. Walter, you are not being logical. Neither was my grandfather. He charged a Yankee battery with one round of ammunition and a corncob pipe. You are not logical, but that is expected in lower life forms. You will come with me now, Walter. Where are you taking him? To the second level. Go now, Walter. You won't tell them. I can't guarantee anything, but as of now, I don't intend to. We've got to fight, Walter. Remember that. We've got to go out fighting. Yes. Yes, I think you're right. Go now, Walter. Goodbye. It's uh, been a pleasure, Miss Evans. I am waiting. Go now, Walter. After you, my dear George. You will tell us now, Walter. Uh... That was the first level of vibration. There are many more. However, we have calculated that none of them exceed your threshold of unconsciousness. Oh, very clever, George. Of course. You will tell us now, how do you stop these animals? You will tell us now? As of now, no. However, I'm not very brave if that encourages you, George. You are not being logical, Walter. You're telling me. We will now use vibration level two. <laughs> still conscious. Let me alone, George. You will tell us now, you will tell us now how you stop the animals. Let me alone, let me alone. We have had vibration levels one and two. There are still 15 more before your threshold of unconsciousness. No, 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 let me alone. Walter, listen to me. 
Another creature sleeps and will not wake. We must know now. It's tough. You better start vibrating again, George. No. What? It would not be logical. We have calculated that no further level of vibration will overcome your irrational psychological block. We conclude you will not tell. And let me go? That is correct. Oh, that's uh, real nice of you, George. I appreciate it. We have calculated that the resistance of the female of your species will be lower. We will now place her under the vibrations. No, no, no George, George, you can't do that. No, listen, George. George, there is no secret. Can you understand that? There is no secret. Those animals died from natural causes. I'm telling you the truth. That is not a logical answer. We will get the woman. I've told you the truth. Can't you understand? We must know now. The female animal cage next to the duck has been stopped. We must preserve the survivor. But the animal... Animal next to the duck? We will bring the woman here. She will tell us after the vibration. No, no, no. no. Listen, George. You want the truth? You want to know how to save the mates of the animals that have been stopped? You will tell us now? Yes, yes, I'll tell you now. I, I give up. But you've got to promise to leave the woman alone. You promise, George? If we receive the answer from you, Walter, there will be no further need for the vibrations. Well, I guess that'll have to do. All right. All right. Take me to that stopped animal. I'll tell you how to save the mate. Very well, Walter. You are being logical now. We will go. Walter, are you all right? Just uh, let me catch my breath a minute. What did they do? What happened? After a while, I told them what they wanted to know. Oh, no. As uh, George pointed out, it seemed to be the logical thing at the time. But you promised. I know. It was our last chance to beat them on even one little thing. Well, perhaps. You mind if I sit down? You gave up. I suppose you could call it that. I'm very tired. They've beaten us completely then. There isn't even anything we can do. The last of the human race and we give up. We don't even die fighting. Oh, it isn't that bad. Uh, something might turn up. Uh, what did you call me? Uh, uh, huh? No, I, I must have said Martha. Sorry, she was my wife. She died two years ago. What were you saying? Nothing, nothing. It doesn't matter. It's too late. It's too late for the whole human race. What now, George? The council of the Zan has met. No? Something wrong, George? A Zan has been stopped. What? A Zan is dead? That is correct. Well, you didn't believe me, George. But you can die. You can really die. You'll have to get used to that if you're going to stay here. The council has decided. A, you have in some way stopped this Zan. B, you and the woman must be eliminated. Walter. No, no, you've got it wrong, George. The council has decided. This time you will have the full vibration. This time? Walter, what did they do to you? Oh, they, uh, they have a rather effective third degree. They tortured you, Walter? Yes. And I... I thought... Walter, it was all my fault. I wouldn't even have tried without you. I suppose we have a last chance now to, to end with some dignity. I think you're a very brave man, Walter. No, not very. There isn't much else to do. Do we go now, George? Now, Walter. Wait. Hmm? What's that? I have been told another Zan has died. Uh, now, now will you believe me? Council of the Zan meets now. Two gone already, and you were with me, George. You know I didn't kill this one. What stopped him then? I told you, it's old man death. You came to the wrong planet, George. Your immortality doesn't go down here. He can stop you, but you can't stop him. 
and you'll all die if you stick around. What now? The council has decided. This is a place of death. We will leave your planet. Leave? You mean you're giving up? It is not safe for the Zan. Oh, Walter, they're leaving. They're really going. Go on then, George. And uh, don't hurry back. It would not be logical to do so. We are leaving the Earth now. Goodbye, Walter. Goodbye, George. Wonderful to feel the sun and the wind again. Yeah, they've closed the hatches. Walter, is it safe for us to be out here? Yes, they're not interested in us any longer. They only want to get away. And I want to see this, Grace. The Zan leaving Earth forever. They're blasting off. There they go. Yes, it's all over now. Well, I suppose we might as well go back in. I, I still don't understand. Walter, what made them go? <laughs> well, I, just, uh, I just told them the facts of life. Of death, you mean? No, no, of life. After all, I thought George was old enough to know. At 7,000 years, he was going to be a pretty big boy. I wish you'd stop joking and tell me what happened. Look out for the step. Well, uh, you remember when the first animals died? The rabbit and the duck? Yeah, and their mates just started to pine and waste away? yes. Well, that worried the Zan. They wanted to keep the last specimens alive if they could. So, finally, I broke down and told them about affection. Affection? Yes. And then I introduced Donald. Donald? Who's that? Here we are. Grace, meet Donald. Oh, Walter, please. What does affection have to do with it? That's what the Zan wanted to know. I told him it was love that made the world go round. That having lost his mate, Donald would die immediately unless he had affection and constant petting. Petting? Hmm? I even showed him how. Here, fella, come on. Come here. I held Donald in my arms, and I petted him a while. Then I let the Zan take over with the animal in the next cage. What animal? Take a look. You mean this cage? Mm -hmm. Watch out. Don't go too close. Walter, it's a rattlesnake. Yes. Their metabolism made it impossible for them to die of old age, but I had a hunch that they could be poisoned. Then it was the snake that killed the two Zan. Mm-hmm. They never even knew what bit them. Then you outwitted them, Walter. Well, I, I suppose... I you... thought you'd just given up. Oh, Walter, I'm so ashamed. You don't have to be. I had given up. I probably wouldn't have fought if you hadn't pushed me. Well, I... Well, we've got a world to plan. A new world, Grace. I know. We'll have to decide which animals to let out of the zoo and which ones it'd be safer to keep in. But first, there's a bigger problem. What's that? The human race. Oh. We've got to make a decision about that. Pretty important one. Yes, but... It's been a nice race, even if nobody won it. Of course, it may go backward for a while until it gets its breath, but we can save the books and all the most important things and get it started ahead once more. No! It's the Garden of Eden all over again. Uh, But Eve... You'll have to watch out for that snake. Now, don't. Don't be ridiculous, Walter. You know, funny, you even blush like Martha. Only uh, you're stronger than she was. Prettier, too. I, I wish you'd forget about Martha. I think I will, my dear. 
if you'll give me time. Now, Walter Phelan, you listen to me. If you think for one minute that I... That I we thought could... it would never happen to me again. But it is love that makes the world go round. So, Grace, if you could only... No. I wouldn't marry you if you were the last man on earth. But that's exactly what I am. I don't care. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm going out. All right, my dear, but think it over. And please come back. You see, I told you. It wasn't really so horrible, our story. Remember how it goes? The last man on earth sat alone in a room. And then there was a knock on the door. Come in. Come in, Grace, my dear. You see, it wasn't horrible at all. In just a moment, a word about next week's adventure. Tonight, by transcription, X-1 has brought you Knock by Frederick Brown, adapted for radio by Ernest Kinoy. Featured in the cast were Alex Scorby as Walter, Laurie March as Grace, and Louis Van Ruten as the Zan. X-1 was directed by Fred Way and is an NBC Radio Network production. Visit RileyandKimmy.com to connect on social media and for archived podcasts. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.